welcome to the Business of Coaching, where I talk to qualified coaches like you about how to build a financially viable coaching business so that you can make your living doing something you love. I'm Sarah Short, founder of The Coaching Revolution. My life's work is to get people coached because I found having coaching to be a transformational experience. I can't coach the whole world myself. I tried, but I can teach qualified coaches how to find clients who'll pay a professional rate and get the world coached that way. I've worked with hundreds of coaches over the past five years, teaching them comfortable, effective marketing techniques designed especially for professional coaches. These coaches now know how to find coaching clients who can and will pay a professional rate for coaching. Consciously create a marketing plan. Good marketing isn't intuitive. It's also not about you. Humble bragging about your latest award or how beautifully your team coaching sessions went or what amazing results you've got with X, Y or Z isn't good marketing. It's not actually marketing at all. It's blowing your own trumpet and that makes uncomfortable reading for other coaches and it's sadly irrelevant to those who you might want to work with. These kind of posts are what make coaches hate marketing because even though they're not marketing, they are what coaches believe marketing is. And we all know what beliefs do, right? Good marketing isn't common sense. In the last 10 years, nearly every person I've spoken to who was about to embark an accredited coaching qualification from a position of, oh, I've been coaching for years, so I may as well get qualified, were stunned to learn that what they'd been doing wasn't coaching. In exactly the same way, marketing isn't what the untrained martyr thinks it is. Common sense and intuition are not marketing strategies. They're also no help in creating a marketing plan. Common sense tells us to cast our net wide and to talk to everyone about our coaching business. Intuition tells us that we need to explain how goals and milestones help us achieve success, about how limiting beliefs and mental barriers stand in our way, and both are wrong from a marketing perspective. Good marketing is both effective and comfortable, and it's also very focused. Good marketing isn't an event, it isn't a one-off thing. Effective marketing isn't about creating a website and then ticking the box labelled marketing. There are no end of websites created by or for coaches that take on the following format. Homepage. This is me and all the different kinds of people I can work with. About me. This is my personal coaching philosophy. Work with me. These are my packages and prices, if indeed I put the prices on there. Testimonials. This is other people telling you that I'm wonderful too. Contact me. Here are dozens of ways you can get in touch with me. Invariably, these websites are corporate looking, they have gorgeous headshots and lovely branding, they are expensive and time consuming to create, but they don't generate the inbound inquiries the coach was expecting. The problem with this content is that nobody cares about any of those things, and I know I've said it in other podcasts and I will continue to say it, nobody cares. People care about one thing and one thing only, what's in it for me. Specifically, what outcome will I get if I work with you? The issue with the type of website I've just described is that it just doesn't address that problem. Marketing, like coaching, is a process you can trust. In the same way that coaching always works, providing you do it properly, marketing is the same and it always works. Doing it properly involves consciously creating a marketing plan that works for you, one that's designed to attract the kind of client you understand completely, a kind of client for whom you can demonstrate that 
understanding of and empathy for the problem that they're grappling with, a problem that your coaching can help to resolve. What this doesn't mean is that you'll only ever coach one kind of person around a single issue. As coaches, we all know that what the client's talking about in session one is never what they're talking about by session three. Just because individuals come to you because they recognize your marketing is speaking to them personally doesn't mean that every single coaching conversation with all those different people will be identical. Of course it won't. Education is involved. You had to learn how to coach. You had to learn what is and isn't ethical practice in a coaching conversation. And you had to learn how to structure that conversation so that your client gets maximum benefit from it. Learning how to coach was a personal development journey. Learning how to coach took away many of your preconceived ideas of what coaching is and replaced them with concrete knowledge of what coaching really is. Learning how to coach meant you learn to trust the process. And it's the same with marketing. Learning how to market is also a personal development journey. Learning how to market will challenge your preconceived ideas of what marketing is and will replace them with concrete knowledge of what marketing really is. Learning how to market will teach you to trust the process, consciously creating a marketing plan. Rather than leaving your client acquisition to hope, fate, intuition, the universe, all coaches need to consciously create their marketing plan. And to do that, you need to learn how to market properly. Don't be taken in by those who promise six figures in a matter of days because that's not how marketing works. It is too easy to be sucked into the hype. After all, the idea of a silver bullet is enticing, but it's never worth it. So many of our clients have come to us financially bruised from their experience of that kind of hype. Be open about your pricing. Pricing can be a massive mind monkey for coaches. In this podcast, I'm going to talk about the four most common problems that coaches have with pricing. And I'll also explain why it is far better to be transparent about your pricing than it is to be coy. There's a gorgeous dress shop in Turin, northern Italy. I used to live there. It's got the most amazing cool clothes on breathtakingly skinny mannequins in the window. The dresses are gauzy and opulent. Diaphanous frocks that are probably much more suited to a younger version of me abound in this shop. But I went in anyway. Once inside the shop, it was spacious and modern. It had bone-thin, achingly trendy Italian women working there. One of them was beautiful and friendly and all of the things that make for a delightful shopping experience. But after a few minutes of browsing, something felt wrong and I couldn't put my finger on it at first. It was an uneasy feeling. And then I realised not one item in that shop had a price on it. As JP Morgan once famously said, if you have to ask, you can't afford it. And I turned and left. I don't like being put into the position of having to ask the price of something unless I'm on a market stall buying vegetables. It makes me feel back-footed and uncomfortable. And I'm not alone in that feeling. People who provide professional services have fees. Lawyers, accountants, architects, dentists, physiotherapists, counsellors, they all charge fees. And they are open about what they charge. It's perfectly normal for us to want to know what fees are before we spend time with the professional concerned. We understand that there's a financial transaction that will happen and we want to understand what our part in that transaction will be. For some reason, those in the coaching profession think that what we do is somehow exempt from this rule of transparency. But it's not. Coaching is notoriously difficult to describe to people who aren't coaches and equally misunderstood by those same people. 
There are two problems with being a coach. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Number one is that no one knows what we do. And number two is that they think they know and they're wrong. If you think about it, there is no other professional service that what they deliver is utterly misunderstood. Because of this misunderstanding, a practice has evolved. It has coaches determined to keep their fees secret until potential clients have had the value of coaching demonstrated to them, usually by way of a strategy call, discovery call, chemistry call, whatever you want to call it. These are free coaching sessions intended to show the value of coaching by experience. The problem with this is that if a client has no clue what coaching is and therefore no clue what price point a particular coach has chosen, then there is a problem. Because no matter how fabulous a strategy session you deliver, if the potential client can't or won't pay the fee that you've decided upon once you reveal it to them, then both of you have wasted an hour. Surely it's far better to only have strategy sessions with people who A, know what you do, and B, know what your fees are. Because pricing is part of marketing, this is something that we cover in our programs at The Coaching Revolution, and it's something that I talk about all the time. Transparent pricing. Pricing is one of the topics that almost every single coach I've ever worked with has squirmed about or struggled with. And these are the four things that I'm asked about or have to discuss with coaches. Number one, how do I know what to charge? Number two, I have a different price point for individuals and organisations, so how can I be transparent? Number three, where do I talk about my prices? And number four, if I tell people what my prices are, it might put them off. So let me address these one at a time. Number one, how do I know what to charge? The answer to what do I charge is this. You charge the price that is equal to the value that the solution the potential client wants is worth to them. The outcome that a client seeks has a value to them based on the improvement in whichever particular area of their life the problem is concerned with. And this could be that they have more time, more money, a career move, better relationships at home or at work. Your job is to understand what outcome your particular kind of client wants and what value that outcome has to them. As a rule of thumb, if a client is paying their own fees, then the fees are lower than if an organisation's paying them. And this is because the work done within an organisation inevitably has a higher positive financial outcome for the organisation and the fee reflects that outcome. As a rule of thumb for private client work, a professional fee for a coach starting out should be in the region of £125 to £150 per session. If the value of the outcome to your potential client isn't that much, then you need to change your potential client. You cannot build a financially viable coaching business with clients who can't afford a professional fee. Number two, different prices for organisations and individuals. It's perfectly normal to have a different price for individuals and organisations. There's no need to be shy about it. Stating that you have a fee of, say, £150 per session for private clients, but organisational packages start at £5,000 is perfectly acceptable. Number three, where do I talk about my prices? Being coy talking about fees is unique to coaches. Lawyers don't struggle with it. Therapists and counsellors don't struggle with it. Nope, it's just us coaches. The answer to where do I talk about pricing is everywhere. You get used to being clear about your fees. We teach coaches to put their fees on their website, if they've got one, on their LinkedIn profile, and to state their fees every now and again in their social media posts. And number four, if I tell people my prices, it might put them off. 
The other place that we teach coaches to state their fees is in the confirmation email for a strategy call. Our coaches market in such a way that the people who book into their diaries have clarity. They schedule a call because they understand what the coach does. They've chosen to talk to this coach for the simple reason that this coach has demonstrated through their marketing, that they understand the problem that the individual's struggling with. Not only does the coach understand, they also know the impact on the life of the potential client and what a massive problem it is to them. This client has recognised that this particular coach may be the answer to their problems. They've recognised themselves in the messaging that the coach has used and they want to find out more. When a potential client books into your diary, you send them information about the call and about your pricing. If the fees are more than the client can or wants to afford, they'll cancel the call. Whilst initially that might feel heartbreaking, in truth it saved both of you half an hour to an hour of your life. The other thing that being transparent has done is removed the potential for the client to gasp how much when you reveal your fees. So in conclusion, if we as coaches want to be taken seriously as providers of a professional service, we need to be more professional with our pricing, not only in the amount we charge, but in how and where we talk about it. Failure to provide clarity on pricing will result in the same feelings and outcome that that dress shop in Turin brought out in me. Yes, I could probably afford it, but I don't like being made to ask for information to help me make a purchase. Not when that information is the price. It's the purveyor's responsibility to provide all the information required so that the potential client is informed, comfortable and in the position to make a decision. Thank you so much for listening to the show today. If you found this episode helpful and inspiring, please do rate and review the show. I massively appreciate all your support. If you'd like a bespoke report on the areas in which your coaching business needs attention, go to thecoachingrevolutionquiz.com and complete our free three-minute questionnaire. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you next time.